I V M. Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I'm Ashton Doctor, your Habit Coach, and today in this episode, we're gonna deep dive into hemp. Okay, now hemp is something that has a lot of mystery behind it and a lot of confusion. Right, when you talk about hemp to one person, they have a completely different reaction. When you talk about it to somebody else, they have a completely different reaction. So today's podcast is about demystifying it, answering all the questions that you've been having around hemp. And with us, we have an expert on hemp. His entire life, his entire business is hemp. So let's welcome Yash Kotak to the Habit Coach Podcast. Yash, welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me, Ashton. It's indeed my pleasure. Quickly, what is your company? Right. And let's jump into what hemp is after that. Done. So we're called the Bombay Hemp Company. The acronym is Bohico. We're India's foremost industrial hemp and medical cannabis company that started out in 2013. Industrial hemp and, and medical, medical can- cannabis. Okay, so they're two different they're things. Two different things. Okay, okay. And I'll explain in due course of hmm. this chat. So we started in the year 2013. We were the first ones. There was not even one single enterprise or individual that was working with this. So we had to kind of design the whole ecosystem from lab to farm to factory to market. And as it stands, we're India's foremost vertically integrated organization that's working in this space. And yeah, here we are. Amazing. And we're going to deep dive into how you started this in the second episode. okay? Yeah. Because their story is absolutely brilliant. And I really want you all to listen to it in the second episode. But today is all about hemp. Sure. What is hemp? So hemp, okay, so I'll dumb it down, okay? okay? Look at hemp or cannabis, right? right? That's the name of the family. Look at cannabis like the cat family. In the cat family, there's the cat, there's a lion, there's a tiger, so on and so forth. Mm. Same way in the cannabis family, there are three main species. There's cannabis sativa, there's cannabis indica, and there's cannabis rudralis. Rudralis, okay. Rudralis. Cannabis sativa is typically referred to as the male of the family, mm-hmm. though it's an open pollination crop and the gender gets lost in due course, but it's typically the male of the family. The cannabis indica is the female of the family. Cannabis rudralis is the useless cousin. <laughs> he, That's why we never hear about Exactly. It. <laughs> no one knows of rudralis because the useless cousin. Yeah. Now, cannabis sativa is typically goes up to 10 to 12 feet long, has a long fiber, not as bushy or shrubby, doesn't have a flower. The female has more of a flower which is cannabis indica, which is a shorter plant, five to six feet, has the flower, is more potent in terms of its intoxicating values. So what really differentiates a plant from it being industrial hemp to medical cannabis slash recreational cannabis is the psychoactive element called THC. Okay, the Habit Coach podcast. Right. (laughs) THC is the time. (laughs) In our world, it's tetrahydrocannabinol. Oh, damn. Yeah, so it's the substance found in the plant that gives you the sense of euphoria or the high, right? So in industrial hemp, THC is typically low. As per global standards, it's 0.3% or less. But even up to 1%, it doesn't give you that high. Even if you smoke an acre of industrial hemp, it'll give you a headache because of the amount of smoke in your body, but it won't give <laughs> you a high. high. Okay. Right? On the so other hand... THC is that tiny. It's almost non-existent. It's non-existent, right? On the other hand, what makes cannabis, people love cannabis for its recreational use, or it even has those medical benefits, THC is typically 5% or more. Okay. Now, of course, the plant has been over-engineered in today's day and age, and in the West, in places like the US, Canada, etc., you'll find THC go all the way up to 99%, which is... 99%? Yeah, yeah, they've reached There's that no kind of purity. There's no plant left, correct. Hmm. So they've reached that kind of levels as well. 
But uh, to contextualize it to India, India is the land of cannabis. Hmm. This is where cannabis originated in the Central Asian region, in the Himalayan region, right? Of course, there are all kinds of cannabis plants and we've done an extensive seed breeding program, right? For which you have to go in the wild and collect these varieties, kind of like strain hunters, hmm. right? So we've got over 350 varieties and you've seen all kinds of plants, you know, tall, thin, all kinds, all kinds. So in a nutshell, this is what the cannabis family looks like. The key differentiator is THC. If THC is less than 0.3%, typically it's industrial hemp and depends on what country you're in. If THC is higher, then it's either used for medical or recreational use. Okay. So THC is the main psychoactive compound that we, that we think about. So hemp is what then? Okay, so now let's talk about the parts of the plant, okay? okay? Now, industrial hemp, when you talk about industrial hemp, the parts of the plant that you use are the seeds, Mm -hmm. the fibers, right? These are the two main parts that are used. The seed is used for nutrition. The bast fiber, which is the skin of the stem, is used for clothing, typically. It's a softer fiber? It's a softer fiber. It it looks very similar to linen. It's got the look of linen, but the feel of cotton, Mm. right? And the herd fiber, which is the stick, is used for biocomposites or building material and things like that. So when the applications are these, when you're not working with the flower or the leaf, Mm -hmm. it's typically industrial hemp. So the flower and the leaf are the psychoactive compounds? No. So again, that okay. comes back to the THC topic, All right. right? Because if, say for example, you can even have industrial hemp plant, which is less than 0.3% THC, but it has high CBD. Right? What CBD? So I'll come to that. Okay. Now, very interestingly, the flower and the leaves of the plant produce this plant-based chemical called cannabinoids. Okay. There are at least 113 known cannabinoids. THC, CBD, CBG, CBN, the list goes on. Mm. THC is the notorious one because it gives you the high, mm. but it also has therapeutic effects. Okay. Each cannabinoid does its own job, right? So for example, I'll explain the science. Now, every mammal that is there on this planet, has a, we have a system within our body called the ECS or the endocannabinoid system. We're born with it, right? Over a period of time, either because of your lifestyle or because of an illness, the ECS, or look, consider it as a cylinder. The power of that ECS goes down, mm. right? And you need to do a lot of things in order to kind of boost it up. Cannabinoids play an important role to make sure your ECS functions normally. Okay. So, for example, there are two receptors in our whole body, CB1 and CB2. They start on the forehead and go all the way to your toes. These are receptors on our nervous system? Yeah, in our nervous system. They're present in our body. And they're responsible for a lot of motor functions, cognitive functions, pain, and appetite, etc. Now, because if the power comes down, you kind of deal with issues relating to these things that I mentioned. Now, when you consume cannabinoids in any shape or form, the power of that cylinder goes up and therefore it gives your body the strength to fight these different. So, for example, if you've consumed, say, bhang in holi or if you've consumed cannabis in any form, you'll get hungry, you'll laugh a lot, you'll eat a lot, right? Now, look at these same symptoms of consuming cannabis from a medical point of view. Mm. Take a cancer patient that's going through chemotherapy. Can't eat much, mood is all over the place, uh, loses weight, you know, is in pain all the time, right? So when you consume cannabis, you're eating more, you're laughing, etc, etc. So this plant, you can either use it or abuse it. It's on the end user. It's not on the plant. It was not designed to be used for just intoxication. There's more to it than what meets the eye. So in the leaves and flower, coming back to the topic, on the leaves and the flower, you'll find the cannabinoids. Actually, what you said is so important, right? You know, we always just throw the tool away. 
Yeah. You know, a knife can be used to cut vegetables and feed a family. Right. Or can be used to cause harm to somebody. Right. It is in the way that you wield it. It is Correct. not the knife's fault. Yeah. In the same way, that's what you're saying. Basically, the plant exists. Yeah. It's up to you to use it for the medical purposes or for abusing it. Correct. It's up to you. Correct. So that's exactly how we look at it. Now, in India, the flower is colloquially is referred to as ganja. Okay. Or the resin of that flower is referred to as charas. Okay. Right? These are the two intoxicating elements. Of course, the slang word for charas is also hash. And mm. quick fun fact on that, you don't get hash in India. What? Yeah. Uh-huh. So hash is actually an acronym for hashish. Mm. And hashish and charas are same, same, but different. Okay. You know? So, for example, you get hashish only in drier parts of the world, like Morocco, Afghanistan, etc. Mm. Because it comes from the dead plant. Okay. Right? The plant is already dead and then you're removing the hashish from it. Mm. Charas comes from a live plant. So if you ever go to Himachal or certain pockets of Himalayas, you'll actually see them rubbing the plant and getting that resin out. That is charas. Okay. So in India, you don't get hashish. Hash is just a slang. Slang we are saying charas. Charas. Okay. Right? There's a difference between ganja and charas. Yeah, ganja is the flower in its raw form. No, in the way that it affects the body. Well, not really. The hashish or the charas is actually a lot more potent because it's concentrated. Hmm. So you can essentially say the power of two plants in one. Okay. Right? That's the amount of THC that's typically present in charas. Charas, okay. Right? So coming back, India, the flower Hmm. or the resin is not allowed. It's an NDPS Act offense, etc. And it can get you into trouble. Hmm. What is allowed in India is the usage of fiber, Mm -hmm. the seed and the leaves. The leaves are called bhang. Okay. Right? So what we consume in holy, and that's for a lot of people would wonder, why is that allowed? Hmm. Right? Because that, as per the NDPS Act 1985, bhang is allowed. Okay. Of course, it's allowed for spiritual uses, hmm. right? So you have it in holy, Mahashivratri, etc. But it's also allowed to be used for medical use. Okay. Under a doctor's supervision against a valid prescription. So you can use the whole plant, really, this plant is over 25,000 proven uses. Mm. Tree free paper, roti, kapra, makan, dawai, name it. Anything in this room, name it, hemp can actually make it. Interesting. So it's just because of this one side of cannabis, the perception of it is kind of maligned. It's like the coconut tree, right? They say the coconut tree, every aspect of the coconut tree is used, which is why it's there in almost every... Correct. So such plants are called kalpavrikshas. Okay. Right? Which is one plant many uses. Kalpavriksha. Kalpavriksha, right? So coconut is one, cannabis is one, flax is one, Mm -hmm. right? Because you can make clothing, you can consume flax, etc. So... Just that coconut and flax don't get you the high, so they're <laughs> flourishing. They're fine. They're yeah. getting into keto states. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So even when you're doing it for your medical purposes, mm-hmm. the medical, the pharma aspect of it, you're still only using the leaves. You can't be using the buds. No, you cannot. And the resin. Yeah, you cannot. So that's why we're working very closely with the state government for them to allow for something like this in a restricted manner, mm-hmm. right? With a certain licensing regime, etc. Because that's where you can get the the most out of the plant from a medical perspective. For example, in India, there's a plant that's thriving since many years called opium. Hmm. Khas ke beej, which is the condiment that we consume. Yep. It is used as heroin. Hmm. It is used as medicine, as a pain reliever. Right. So we have a plant that exists. India is, I think, one of the world's largest producers of and consumers opium and sure. consumers. Yeah. Well. Right. So we do have... I still love putting it in my nighttime salad. For happy dreams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that plant exists, right? So similarly, 
we are working with the government to develop a regime that can allow for the usage of flour in a limited way, which is, you know, very controlled way rather. We're going to take a quick break. See you on the other side. Welcome back. All right, let's jump into the conversation. So how are these government restrictions happening for you? So for example, you're growing the plant. And is there an officer that sits on your head that says, yeah, yeah, aisa karo, aisa karo, like that? Is no. It- so there's a lot of self-governance because, I mean, with the first mover advantage also comes the disadvantage that you have to knock these doors and help them through this journey, understand what best practices globally and help them adapt the same thing. Now, with government, the, the story has been a little funny, right? Because of the lack of awareness, right? Now, there's a lot of things when it comes to regulation. Firstly, there are certain states that have a cultural relationship with the plant. Mm. So the bureaucrats, technocrats who've grown up in the states, they've seen the plant around them and therefore they're comfortable talking about it. But there are certain states who've not seen this, right? So they have their guards up. So for example, you look at Rajasthan, Orissa, UP, Madhya Pradesh, Himachal, Uttarakhand. These states are familiar with cannabis. So in the first four states that I mentioned, you actually bhang ke theke hote. Like it's in every nook and corner, you can just buy bhang every day, right? It's not the same regime in other states. So what we did was we started approaching these states because it's easier to have a conversation like that compared to say a South Indian state or Maharashtra where it's a lot more regressive, where they're exposure to cannabis is very limited Correct. right now from a legal is it because po- of the weather that it's not doesn't grow as well mm-hmm. here or no see it's a weed right mm-hmm. it's referred to as a weed because it can grow anywhere with very limited human effort without pesticides 100 day crop it's a very easy crop to grow mm-hmm. there is no crop that grows so fast and has so many uses with such limited resources on the planet mm-hmm. as hemp is but it's just that in the himalayan belt it originated there, so it was a lot more conducive. And then depending on which religions, which state is supporting, therefore cannabis made an entry. Right? There are a lot of these factors. Mm. But in say, for example, in South India, there was no culture around this subject. Right. right. So that's something that, you know, we have to explore state by state. But there was no other plant that took the same role. Well, not really. Hmm. We, not that I know of. And these cannabinoids don't exist in any other plant no, except this cannabis. Plant. Yeah, that's how the name was also derived from the cannabis plant. That's why it's called cannabinoid. Interesting. Yeah. So the regulation bit, right? Now, there are two parts of, again, industrial hemp, medical cannabis. Regulation works very differently for both of them. Industrial hemp? Medical. Hmm. Industrial hemp is an open field cultivation. The farmer needs to grow because there's no potential of abuse. So this is only the male plants that you grow? Well, the long ones. The long ones, correct. So the one that are used for seed and fiber. 1% THC. Less than 0.3% as of now. So that is an open field plant. So there the regulation will be very different. Mm. Now, how cannabis works is that it's in the concurrent list, which means that the central government has the basic guidelines, but the rules and regulations are set by each state government. Oh, interesting. So state can actually change these rules. Correct. Mm. So your central government has said that, listen, you can use the fiber seed leaves for XYZ. You can't use the flower. That's Mm. the guideline. Now, how, what THC limit, who can control what, etc. That's on the state purview to give those powers Mm. to an individual or an organization. So industrial hemp, if the government has certified the seed that, okay, this is less than 0.3%, then it's okay, grow it just like any other crop, right? right? 
just grow it whatever you have to send a batch for testing to make sure that the THC less than 0.3% because they look so similar people can even misuse the law take a license for industrial hemp but grow something else right so that you have to send a batch and if it's all approved then well and good so what we started was we started with the seed breeding program 2016 which gave us the result at the start of this year oh wow right so our first commercial cultivation that happened in the state of Uttarakhand in Bageshwar district it happened earlier this year Uttarakhand is the only state as of right now that gives out commercial licenses. Mm. States like UP, Jammu, Himachal are still open to giving research licenses. I mean, you grow it on government land, prove the science and then take the next step. But Uttarakhand in 2016 was the only state that came up with this government order. So we therefore we work in that state very closely since the onset. So that's industrial hemp. Question on industrial sure. hemp. Is it as uh, lucrative and is it a cash crop? Like Yes. So it would be one of the things that people would want to end up growing on there. Correct. Instead of bajra or ragi or correct, anything correct. else. And it can be used as a rotational crop. In fact, that's one of the best benefits of hemp. Because it can grow in 90 to 100 days, hmm. it can actually come in between two crop cycles. It's got long roots, so it kind of binds the soil together. It also remediates the soil, so it makes it a lot more nutritious for your next crop cycle. So people don't need to replace their existing crops with hemp. They okay. can choose to if they'd like, mm. but they can actually use it as a great rotational crop. They can grow it between two main crop cycles. Interesting. Interesting. Right. So it adds an extra layer of revenue for them in any way. Mm. So that's industrial hemp. Very easy. It's all penned down. For medical cannabis, there is no policy right now for someone to cultivate. The only policy that exists is that you can collect it. Mm. So, for example, these bhanka takers that I was mentioning mm. about, the license that they have to collect cannabis leaves from government sources is the same license that we have. Okay. Difference is, wo thandai banate, mm. am dawai banate. <laughs> nice right? <one. laughs> That's the only difference that there is. So, that regime exists. It's a quota system. You have to apply for it. It's an annual quota. It's pretty straightforward. Hmm. It's just up until 2018 till we didn't kind of take that license from a medical use point of view that no one else had done it. There were one, two companies that were doing it in very small shapes and form. You might have seen at a local Panwala this thing you get is Bhola Ka Gola. It's sold in packs, literally in Bombay pan shops hmm. also you get it at some places. So that Bhola Ka Gola is also the same license. Okay. Technically, if you read behind it says Ayurvedic proprietary medicine. Hmm. Right? And what does it do? People use it. It's typically marketed for gut health, mm. but you know what people and do. Like, Wee! Yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. Bola ka gola, guys. <laughs> yeah. New habit. Huh. Yeah. Mm. So for medical cannabis, there's a collection system. So the government actually collects cannabis leaves from the wild, stores it in a central oh, location. Oh, wild. So they can't grow it. They don't grow it either. Oh. So what this is foraging. This entire industry is based on foraging. For now, it is. So fun fact, again, 60% of Indian districts see the wild and feral growth of cannabis. Right? Mm. One state of Uttarakhand, the amount of wild cannabis that is there in one state of Uttarakhand is more than all of Canada. How is it randomly growing legal? No one is growing. It is just growing. The plant is doing its job. Huh. It's a free-flowing uh, plant, right? And it's an open pollination crop. So it grows, seeds fall on the floor, next cycle again it grows. So outside my building, there was some yeah. weed growing. Yeah. So that's legal. That's not legal. Then? It's just growing by itself. Unless, see, what happens is that the plant is going to do what the plant knows best, right? right? Which is to grow and thrive in its condition. So the person who condition. waters it is the person who is... No, if you've sown the seed, if you're growing it mm. properly, it's in your premise, then you are the culprit. But right. if the plant is just growing by itself with or without any human intervention, then, then, then it's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. 
राइट सी बिकॉज कैनबिस इज सच ए ह्यूज पार्ट ऑफ इंडिया कल्चर राइट वेन इट टॉक अबाउट रिलीजन एक्सेट्रा कैनबिस देर इज एन ओपन माइंड सेट टू इट इन नाइनटीन एटी फाइव वेन द कन्वेंशन एक्ट केम आउट द यू एस सिंगल कन्वेंशन ड्रग्स एक्ट केम आउट इंडिया वॉज वन ऑफ द कंट्रीज दैट एक्चुअली डिड नॉट क्रिमिनलाइज द यूजेज ऑफ लीव्स unlike the us etc who did criminalize the leaves as well okay. right because cannabis is a part of india's culture therefore bhang is still very much allowed and the leaves are not used recreationally in well one can but the amount of thc It's is too little, too little okay. for you to misuse mm-hmm. so what we do is again we collect these leaves we put it through a whole process we extract the oil from it so just to give you a perspective 300 kgs of cannabis leaves will give you 1 kg of the extract ayo hmm. yeah right so it's extremely potent and then depending on the thc cbd values we either market it for pain management or for stress and sleep or arthritis eczema so on so, so forth so you won't know what is coming out of that batch till it comes out Correct. because they are all forage so you have no clue on there's what. no transparency there that's why we want to cultivate it that's right. why that's the end goal that we as of right now there's no standardization mm-hmm. right i cannot definitely be sure that every batch will have the same amount of actives which is the cannabinoids and therefore the patient does not know how much to take the dosage keeps changing etc so these are i'd say you know first generation problems of this yeah, industry yeah businessman hat on this sounds like a complete nightmare yeah it huh? is hmm. it is right but i mean it's the process right of course the next step would be after you prove the efficacy the science the concept etc with this that this works the government will be more confident than they open up the policy and then you can grow comfortably fantastic yeah so it's a step up process right we've realized that rome wasn't built in one day this rome is definitely not going to be built in one day there's a lot of learning and unlearning that people need to do for them to understand the the size of this whole thing right Correct. and what are the nuances that need to be controlled for it to become a thriving industry right globally they say it's a trillion dollar super crop hmm. right in india it's we're still our problems are very primitive with this industry right we're still understanding the science how do you control the abuse potential etc etc so long way to go hmm. come a long way as well what are the government earnings on this any idea as of right now it's very minuscule see because the thing is the supply chain is so unorganized right, right? of course if you were to look at the spiritual side of it right this saal whenever that kumbh ka mela happens mm. right that here literally like they sold out all of the cannabis leaves that they that yeah, they what collect do It's an annual quota, no? So we book our quantity, so okay, it comes fine. to us right. in good time. If mm. we are well planned, and especially in those every four years, we have to be even more well planned. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. See, every country has their own perspective on cannabis, mm. depending on their relationship, depending on the purview, right? Some look at it from an economic point of view, some look at it from a cultural point of view, and therefore every country has their own. legal understanding and therefore their own for example in canada is the only g7 country to make all uses of cannabis legal recreational industrial and medical right whereas if you look at us federally cannabis is illegal hmm. but every there are 24 states roughly that have legalized it either for industrial or for medical or for recreational right so it's in like that confused right. zone at the moment hmm. so that's how it is it's not like a one size fit all you have to contextualize it for what kind of fits your scenario and ecosystem and then work across southeast asia south is thailand hmm. what thailand did earlier this year was 
they legalized cannabis in again all shapes and form and again see Thailand thrives on the vice economy right, right? this is another vice that encourages more tourists to come and therefore it is but in our personal opinion they went too far too fast mm. there needs to be a certain approach to how you look at it because of course the recreational end of things is great lucrative from a commercial point of view because there will always be people who will sign up more for that but under that the uses of medical cannabis get covered right because there's so much focus on this and so much money to be made here what happens is that the medical benefits of it sometimes get ignored right so a patient dealing with cancer or epilepsy etc who needs this more than for lack of a better word a stoner's need to get high mm. this is way higher right? right and therefore our approach has always been that we don't care or know anything about recreational cannabis we don't support it or endorse it either we're focusing on industrial and medical uses of hemp and cannabis and then I mean, at least let's get the plant in our households in a certain shape and then we look at And what? cannabis as a plant is uh, exportable, importable. Yeah. So you much. can export it, you can bring it in. Absolutely. So you can, in India, for example, you can export anything, mm. right? India, it's business coming in, so that's fine. Mm. But every importing country has their own guidelines on THC limit, part of the plant used. Your, again, your mainstream things like your CAOA, MSDS, all of that needs to be followed. But for cannabis, the THC limit is also something. So for example, say a country, like we export to over nine countries right now, your Saudi Arabia, Malaysia, Australia, etc. But there are certain countries whose restrictions are so high, like the US, for example, they have very strict standards when it comes to importing hemp and cannabis. So it's tougher to break into those kind of markets, which are very strict with their regulations. Interesting. Now, what are the various uses for cannabis and hemp for the people listening to the podcast, like people who are listening yeah. in? Like, I know you guys have your hemp seeds yeah. and your hemp seed oils and etc. Cetera, et cetera. Just if you can take us through all the various things that sure. we can possibly use it for and why use it. Sure. So when we started out, we were, you know, still figuring what are the lower hanging fruits? What are the least regulated? How can we venture, right? So we came up with our proposition was food, clothing, shelter, medicine, all from one crop. Food, clothing, medicine, shelter and medicine. And medicine, okay, all right. from one plant, hmm. right? And our first How are you product, shelter? We're making hempcrete. We were rather, we've not... What is concrete? Hempcrete, like just how concrete is. Okay. This hempcrete. hempcrete? Yeah. It's a lightweight building material huh. that's actually a use for flooring and partitions. And it's not a load-bearing material, but right. it's very good for insulation. Globally, there's so many buildings that have been made or kind of houses, not buildings that have been made. Does it do soundproofing? Should we put yeah, it in the studio? Actually, it does. Yeah, no, that's it's very good for insulation. It's fire retardant, <laughs> earthquake resistant, etc., etc. Okay. So that's one. And of course, that was one project that we pursued the least hmm. because of our own personal interest areas as well. The first brand we launched in the market was a clothing brand, right? Which was made from hemp. Now, originally, people's perception about hemp clothing was the cliche, right? It's probably a Bob Marley t-shirt. Mm. That's cannabis clothing, mm. right? And we had to change that perception that no, it's actually the material is made from cannabis. Mm. That we realized became a great tool for education for us, right? right? When people saw it, touched it, felt it, they 
kind of connected with it, right? Perception started changing. So first we used to, you know, not even say that this cannabis clothing because people, you don't know how they'd react. Mm. But then after, you know, doing a lot of events and exhibitions, we realized that people are actually, there's a story to this, right? People are loving it. Correct. And again, as a fabric, it's lightweight. It, it's got breathable properties. It's ideal for a place like Bombay, which is very humid. So clothing is one area that people can definitely approach. There's nutrition, which is the whole plant-based protein, omegas, etc. That is derived from the seed of the plant. Okay. Right? So that's our entire nutrition range. Why seed of the plant? What is the nutrition aspect of the seed? Right. So in the seed, it's densely packed with two main nutrients. Okay. One is protein. Mm-hmm. It's got about 40% plant-based protein and omega-3 and 6 in the golden ratio, which is 3 is to 1, which is typically only found in fish liver oil. Right. Right. So it's a great vegetarian source for that same concentration. DHEA and all those. Yeah, all of those. So mm. it, it's a superfood, right? Mm. So it's power packed with all of that antioxidants, vitamins, calcium, magnesium. So it's a no-brainer, right? And then and there are three main uses of the seed. So there is the hemp hearts, which is the shelled hemp seed. There's hemp seed oil, which is a cold press multi-purpose oil. You can use it on hair and skin as well as consume it. Mm. Very similar to like your olive oil, flaxseed oil, things like that. Will it help grow my beard? Should we can, we can attempt? <laughs> we have to do testing. Yeah. <laughs> and there's of course the M protein powder, which mm. is a rich source of dietary fiber and protein. Okay. So that's one use of the plant. And then we have the third use of the plant, which is from the leaves, mm. which is our entire health and wellness range. Mm. So that has two ranges. One is for topical application, and the other is for oral consumption. Topical application. Again, all of this is centered around pain, inflammation, and mental health. Right, our entire product range. So we have products for say arthritis pain, eczema, psoriasis, uh, menstrual pain, musculoskeletal pain. And for oral consumption, we have products for chronic and neuropathic pain, palliative care, cancer-based pain, etc. And we have product for sleep and stress. We have a lot more products in the pipeline for anxiety. You know, we're going further into the whole arthritis space, right? That is, we've realized that there's a lot of benefit. Arthritis is a chronic condition. 15% of India is dealing with it and there's no cure for arthritis right you only have to take care of symptoms of arthritis and that is our best seller right now that arthritis product that we have so we're going further deeper into into that range how long does it take for someone to see a difference when they use the arthritis product um, 15 to 20 days at best mm. only with disciplined sustained usage will you see Efficacy. Because these are plant-based medicines, right? This is not synthetic medicines or modern medicines that, you know, you pop it and, you know, short-term relief. This helps you with longer-term sustained relief, right? So, of course, our oral consumption products have instant gratification. So, if you consume that, the sleep product, for example, say one hour after your meal, one hour before bed, you will definitely sleep like a baby. So, those products have instant gratification. The pain products. Pain is also requires instant gratification. If you are in pain right now, you need something to deal with it right now. Correct. So those products, the oral consumption give you that. Mm. But say your eczema, which is another chronic condition, arthritis, which is another chronic condition, it takes time. We have actually seen people who were bedridden because of their osteoarthritis. They use the products for 45 to 60 days and they went for their morning walk. Right. So we've seen that we're also documenting a lot of this. We've conducted clinical trials with TMC on breast cancer, 
also on arthritis and eczema with NIA to prove the science, right? Because we've realized that only once the doctor or the medical community supports it, will the patients be more confident about something like this, Correct. right? So we're proving the science at every step. And yeah, it's it's really working, right? And it's just very good to see that. Because both of these are actually most of what you mentioned are either yeah. autoimmune or yeah. they are inflammatory based yeah. diseases, right? And and does this work across all the autoimmune things? Uh, not, not all. all of yeah, those? yeah, MS. Yeah. So again, so it helps deal with the symptoms of those diseases, mm-hmm. right? Like if pain is a symptom, if hunger is a symptom, things like that, then it definitely helps you with it. Mm-hmm. So cannabis by itself does not cure this thing, right? Like I mentioned, the endocannabinoid system, it gives your body the strength to fight that illness, the immunity to fight that illness. Most of the illnesses are the root causes inflammation, whether external or internal. And if this really suppresses your inflammation, it automatically makes it easier for your body to Heal itself. Heal itself. You mentioned CBD in passing. What is CBD? CBD is cannabidiol. That okay. is the most famous cannabinoid. It is the cannabinoid that's responsible for you to get your stress relieving, anxiety relieving, sleep inducing. Right? It's known for that. Someone had actually said this in a very interesting way that CBD is actually all the benefits of cannabis without the high. Ah, right, okay. So you feel very calm and composed and given that we're dealing with so much, especially post the pandemic with anxiety levels going high in people, sleep disorders on a rise, CBD helps with all of that. Hmm. So it is the non-intoxicating cannabinoid that helps you deal with a lot of neurological based disorders. So CBD would be something that you'd have at night just before bed. Is this yeah. the one that you were? Yeah, typically you can also, I mean, use it. In the day, right? Mm. It's like a nutraceutical, just like a chawan prash, right? You'll just consume it and you feel good, right? People even... So you'll be able to function during the day? Absolutely, very much. Mm. There is no high, there is no drowsiness, nothing like that, mm. right? For example, we know of people who consume it before like a stressful work day or before an important meeting. They consume it so that it helps them calm down and they can focus better and things like that. Okay, so it will help improve focus. It's yes. not that you'll be... So calm that your focus goes for a toss. No, no, definitely. It will help you improve focus. Definitely. It calms your mind. It gives you the ability to think better in stressful situations, etc. Hemp is not used in... You don't have hemp aromatherapy and all of that. Yeah, the hemp seed oil is used. But see, it's not an essential oil. It's a carrier oil. Right. Right. So it's typically combined with another essential oil for you to be used in aromatherapy, etc. So you can't use hemp seed oil as a diffuser? No, you it's can't. A carrier it's a carrier oil. Hmm. Therefore, you can't. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Is there anything else that we've missed out that you know about the uses of hemp that, you know, will be immediately useful for our listeners? Well, these are the typical use cases. We've also seen that hemp is really thriving in the pet care industry. Oh, yeah. pets? In pets, hmm. yeah. So, again, the same applications that I mentioned that are applicable to humans because pets are also mammals. Hmm. The same benefits also apply to them. And it's, in fact, growing at a much faster pace, right? So, a lot of pets who have a lot of skin issues, right? right? Especially the furry pets who shed a lot of hair and they have the skin issues. It's working like a miracle, right? And we've seen before what and after. What is the aspect that works? It's the hemp seed oil because hemp seed oil by itself is also anti-inflammatory as well as the cannabis leaf extract used topically, ah. which is the cannabinoids that they're using for the healing process. So we don't know which of the cannabinoids do the healing. We uh, know that some it's, it's an entourage effect, right? So it's essentially when all cannabinoids come together, the way they function versus a cannabinoid in isolation is very different. So what we use is a full spectrum cannabis leaf extract. Mm -hmm. Full spectrum means it has all the cannabinoids. So all of them work together 
But of course, most amount of research has happened in THC and CBD because they're the most two famous cannabinoids. And are they at the highest quantity in the uh, cannabinoids? Not necessarily. It depends on how you breed it. So you can breed a high CBD plant, you can breed a high CBG plant, you can breed a high THC plant. It completely goes down to the okay. cultivation end of things. But typically in India, what we have observed is that there is a one is to one balance between THC and CBD in the plants that are naturally there, the leaves that we actually use. So both THC and CBD... Because both of them have anti-inflammatory properties, they really do the job. Uh-huh. And the THC is not used in any medical... THC is for pain. For, for pain, pain, THC is actually much, much... It's a much more preferred cannabinoid. Okay. Right? So it's a pain-relieving cannabinoid. Hmm. Just like opium, for example, uh, that same opioid, right? It gives you the pain relief, but it also gives you the high. THC is that same thing, right? It gives you the intoxication, but it also really helps you deal with your pain. Lovely. Yeah. How can people experience these bioproducts? Where can they go? What yeah. what should they be doing? Of course, if you're in Bangalore, we have our own clinic and store in Indranagar. So you could stop I'm by. I'm in Bangalore next week. So. Oh, perfect. Do visit. It'll, it'll be really nice. It's right next to Toy Brewery. So it's not tough, <laughs> not tough to find. <laughs> okay. Right? So that's there. Otherwise, we're available online. We've got a pan-India delivery system. You can, we even have a doctor on call. There's a virtual clinic we've set up because we understand people have a lot of questions with regards to all the knowns and unknowns about cannabis. So the doctor's there, he'll consult and handhold you through the whole process and writes a prescription as well, depending on what your use case is. And you can make a purchase through the website. If uh, we're also available at a lot of these leading chemists and pharmacies like your Noble Plus, Wellness Forever and many more, Apollo, etc. So yeah, that's the best way to find us. For our clothing range, you can also visit this website called belabel.in. That is where you can buy the clothing and our health and wellness website is called bohico.com. Bohico.com. Yes. What are things to keep in mind if you have these products on you, not to fly to Dubai or anything like that? Correct. What are the so if you ha- guidelines? Correct. If you have a product which has the cannabis leaf extract, within India, you can travel anywhere, everywhere. You have a prescription, you bought it from a legal company, there's nothing to worry about. If I'm not carrying the prescription... That's carrying, also fine. That's, that's also fine. It's, I mean, the product is licensed. It's, okay. There's nothing to worry about at all. You can, you can carry it with it. You can easily, easily. We do it all the time. Your shoe and, no, no, nothing okay. like that. Right. Nothing huh. like that. But when you're going outside the country, you have to be more careful of their import regulations best to avoid it right and not take it but of course if for pain patients etc where this really helps and they need to carry with it they can carry with the prescription and yeah if there is a proper use case and reason for you to carry there's nothing to worry about yeah because you know it's so easy to hear all these stories about yeah. you know this person was carrying khas, khas, khas seeds and he landed in Dubai or one of those yeah. countries and then you didn't see him for 15 years and yeah like yeah. those are the kinds of stories that we hear. So it becomes interesting or at least Yeah, yeah. No, it is possible. So best to avoid, like I mentioned. Mm. Within India, there's nothing to worry about. Fantastic. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I can't wait for us to do the second episode where we're going to talk about how you started all of this. Yeah. Because that's a journey in itself, no, right? For sure. All for right. sure. Looking forward to it. It's done. Yay. Okay. All right. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the... You can listen to us on the IVM Podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media. We are at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Ashtin on Twitter and Instagram. You can find lots more information on my website, awesome180.com 
or check out different content on my YouTube channel called A-W-E-S-O-M-E 180. That's Awesome 180.